This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is Steve Zanos. Steve is the Senior Director of Service Delivery at Electrolux. Uh, Steve, welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Thanks, Nick. Good to be here. Yeah. And so um, what's one thing that people might not know about? Yeah, I, I try to ask this for everybody, and it's always fun to hear maybe a little bit of, of uh, a little nugget. And, and I think uh, anything from classical music to adult hockey and, and, and others, but uh, maybe one thing that people might not know about Steve Zanos. Yeah, I think the, the one thing, and it's probably not as exciting as adult hockey or listening to classical music is... Um, my first job out of college um, was being a computer programmer in COBOL, which is probably an old uh, dead language that's not used anymore. Um, and it's been, it, it was something I did for six years. And at the end of it, I was just like, I, this is not for me. It's not right. But the one mm -hmm. thing that's been helpful with that experience is as you know, almost anything we do now is related to programming in IT and and working with uh, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, you're outsourcing some SaaS software or working internal with your IT department. Mm. So spending time um, and doing that myself, uh, it's been really valuable for me to be able to relate and talk to um, our IT team or uh, an outside software company and kind of understand um, what, you know, what they go through, have some realistic expectations and views, um, and, and just have that experience. Um, I will throw in, uh, so, uh, I guess amusing, I wouldn't say funny story. Um, my first day after going through training and starting, uh, and this will age me a little bit too, but, uh, my boss within the first day, kind of first half of the day hands me this box. And in this box are like a thousand like cards and he's like, go walk into the IT department and have them run this job. So this was when we were literally still running jobs by feeding cards to an IBM card reader. Um, and we pretty quickly moved into JCL. So, you know, language where the, that runs the jobs. But that was literally one of the first tasks I had. And he's like, just don't fall. Because if you fall, you have to put these back in order, one to like 1,000, whatever. So I'm like nervously walking down to the computer room on my first day, like hoping I don't trip on stairs or something. But uh, so, yeah, it was it was actually a pretty um, education and good, good baseline for all the projects and things that, uh, you know, you work with uh, going forward. Yeah, no, that, that is interesting. I, you know, being the new guy, you, you would assume that some of the other people would, you know, potentially put the foot out as you're walking by or exactly. asking you to carry something else. You're like, please don't, please don't. They're like marbles and banana peels <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. It's like Mario Kart trying to get yeah. through. The floor. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's really neat. Um, the one other thing people might not know about you, and, and I think it's fascinating, but you have the number one customer service group on LinkedIn. Yeah. What, how did that come to be? <laughs> and, and we'll start there. And then I got a couple other questions based off of that. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Um, so yeah, I started the customer service professional group, you know, a long time ago. And when I put it together or was thinking about it, I, I really didn't have any like major goals or, you know, this big grandiose plan of, you know, taking over the world or anything like that. But I was just looking for, um, cause I was just starting to get into, you know, customer service and call centers and, and managing and, and working through that. So I was just looking for a way to connect with other customer service people. Um, and, and I did have in the back of my mind, like, gee, it would be great to have, um, you know, a place where you could go and post jobs and, and look at that angle of it, right. From a recruiting perspective um, that never really, you know, panned out, but it, it has become a good, a uh, place to have conversations, discussions with, you know, anyone related to customer service, whether it's the call centers or, or the field service side. Um, and we're up to, I, I did check, so I'll, I'll say uh, it's just a, a hair under 165,000 members uh, right now. Literally two days ago, I think I checked Monday. 165,000 members. Uh, that, yeah. that is a, an impressive group. Uh, and it's constantly growing. And, and the beauty of it is, from what I can see, is it's, there's, there's people that are consistently engaged in it. And I think maybe that's the, the key to it is, is getting these people involved and engaged and having valuable content and not necessarily saying, hey, look how cool I am. You should do business with me, but adding value to those groups. Um, so um, kudos to you. I think that's a, it's a real testament to uh, what you've built and, you know, the, the knowledge that you, you guys are sharing. Yeah, no, and it's, I think it's a good thing to your point. It's got a pretty good mix. There are the posts that are like, Hey, here's our software. Um, but usually with that, there's some white papers and some good information you get. And I've also seen and participated in a lot of conversations where it's like, Hey, I just need to add this group or should I do universal agents or have tiered and, and, you know, you just get into some really good discussions with people around the world, right? It's, it's also pretty global, um, mm -hmm. that, uh, you get a lot of discussions and input. So, uh, you know, you can post a question and you'll get a whole bunch of people that are just in there and, and share some thoughts. Yeah, no, that's really neat. So I, I would recommend, uh, the customer service people that listen to this uh, jump on that and, and make it a 167,000 here shortly. <laughs> there <But>. you go. <laughs> so you had mentioned uh, how you were kind of a programmer at the beginning, carrying the, the 1,000 cards, uh, hoping not to drop them. Um, and you, so you have experience both in the call center and the field service side. Yeah. Um, what has the combined experience taught you? Yeah, so I, I think it's been helpful to work on both sides um, because I do have a good end-to-end, -end, you know, view of, of that customer experience. Um, and I think one of the keys uh, is we look at or I think about this, you know, in, at Electrolux, we're focused on the effortless um, experience. And when you look at that to make that work, you've got to have that good communication um, between the customer support and the field service side. So having lived in both those worlds and, uh, you know, develop programs and projects in, in both those areas. Um, it's been real helpful for me to, to, to see both sides and to be able to talk to both sides and understand uh, both sides and being able to balance any uh, approach or project or discussion that we have uh, to make sure we're thinking about both sides and how the information flows from one piece to the other. 
um, has really helped uh, make sure that the businesses and both sides of that are working better together, the, the process is smoother, uh, and that the information flows cleanly, because that's one of the biggest issues, right? If a technician's going into a home and they're not even really too sure what the you know consumer was complaining about because that wasn't well documented, uh, and being able to explain to an agent why it's important to capture, you know, the consumer complaint correctly and accurately and ask questions to, to dig in and help with that triage um, and explain to them that why right down the path to the technician and how that benefits the consumer, but also to, you know, talk to the technician and let them understand that sometimes, you know, you're, you're talking to a consumer that's at work, right? I'm not in front of my appliance. I can't really tell you, I know it's not working or it made this random noise once that they're not gonna have everything. So, you know, really making sure that we balance and, and both sides understand the complexities and the difficulties and all the fun stuff that you have to do um, to accomplish the roles that you have. Um, it's been really helpful um, to know both of those sides and to have, to be able to have those conversations, whether it's, you know, being empathetic and understanding the pains that each side is going through or, you know, helping to make sure those dots are connected properly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well put. I'm, I'm the guy and, and I want to talk about customer or effortless experience here in a little bit, but um, I'm the guy that will talk to the technician and give it the, well, it sounds like clank, 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 <laughs> like right. in, in making all these noise. So I'm sure you guys have heard that you should create oh, yeah. almost a, a soundtrack of people yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> making noise of what your system sounds like. I, I will say one of the uh, cool things about now everyone having smartphones is um, we're probably starting to get less and less of the clank, 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 and more and more of the, I will send you a video of what uh, it is, uh, whether it's like, you know, it's shaking or, the noise um, and and sometimes we just ask the consumer like hey you know I've asked around no one's really familiar with that can you record it and usually you know it's no problem to grab their their cell phone you know sometimes it's hard because they're not really designed to capture these you know quieter noises that sometimes come like the hum of a compressor mm -hmm. but uh, you know they, they get their phone pretty much into that appliance to record whatever they can pretty well Nice. Uh, so in your current role, so the senior director of service delivery, uh, explain uh, a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So uh, I'm responsible for uh, a couple of teams, right? Our, our field service organization, and we have both uh, W2 uh, technicians. So Electrolux branded service or Frigidaire factory service technicians out there. Uh, as well as a third-party network of independent service providers and servicing dealers uh, that we work with to provide that in-home service to our consumers. Um, also have a technical training uh, and technical support team. So, you know, a team that's out there, well, right now doing mostly WebExes, but also doing uh, some face-to-face -face training as we get back into, uh, you know, travel and having big groups together. Uh, we'll, we'll do face-to-face -face training. Um, and the technical support is over the phone. So uh, technicians in the home uh, working on a product he might not have seen before or an issue that he's not familiar with um, can call in and, and we'll walk him through it. Uh, and then there's also the warranty administration and, and servicer support side. So more of the non-technical support and the warranty side on claims and 
um, doing some analytics and kind of managing the, the store when it comes to our warranty spend and, and supporting servicers on anything from, hey, I can't accept this dispatch for some reason, or I'm having trouble with the claim, or uh, you know, I need a part and I can't seem to find it. Um, that comes up to uh, my team as well. Mm. Sounds like a, a lot of a responsibility and kind of a, a plethora of, of opportunity to help the customer. Yeah, I, I think that's the cool thing is we're, you know, in that space of um, everything, you know, in that service support outside of the call center, which we work with very closely, um, is kind of in our bucket, right? Uh, anything related to that service experience. Yeah. And when it comes to, um, everybody talks about the customer experience and how you need to walk a mile in their shoes, but why is it important to walk a mile in your employee's shoes? And what I mean by that is, you know, sitting in the call center and mm -hmm. spending time with field service because it's, there are two different opportunities, but right, understanding right. the, what they're going through. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's, it's critical. And I even did a quick little article in the field service news on this exact topic, right? Why you need to do it. And I think um, it's just really important in particular, as you get to, you know, not just the line managers of, hey, I'm a supervisor for the call center who clearly are listening to calls, right? Doing, uh, you know, quality assurance on that side. But even as you get to, you know, the higher senior managers, directors in the call centers, and, and even, you know, high level leadership in, in organizations, I think it's critical that they stay connected with those frontline um, people, in particular in customer service, right? It's, it's the only way to truly get um, connected and have that direct understanding of what the consumers are experiencing. Um, and, and how some of the difficulties, you know, we have in, in processing uh, and getting that information and connecting. And we have a, a program in our call center. It's kind of the voice of consumer, right, which we have two, right? One is the output of we send all the information to engineering quality and everyone about what we see in new products and all that. But the other is uh, a program that's actually in our Electrolux University. You can sign up for it. We're you go into the call center and you do a quick tour and we walk through all the different areas in the call center and what they do. And, you know, people come out and they talk about, here's what we do in this group. We support this consumer or we work with this B2B customer and, and how we support. And then after all that of getting the understanding, you sit with a couple of those groups, you sit with some of the, you know, the consumer call center area, you sit with the B2B side. Um, and have that experience. And, and I think it's critical to really understand um, what we go through. And, and to your point, I think it's not just call center agents, but it's the field service technicians. Um, we don't have, you know, too many CEOs or SVPs wanting to drive around with technicians, but <laughs> I, I will tell you our engineering um, and quality teams um, go out there all the time. Uh, and ride with technicians or we'll have a specific call or two or products and we'll work with them if we're having, um, you know, an issue and they really want to see how it's working in the field. Uh, you know, we'll work with them to set up a run of like three calls with the same product in the same area if we can. And they'll literally fly out to, you know, somewhere remotely and jump in a truck with a technician and hit those three or four calls um, and, and work through that. So, um, I, I think it's, it's invaluable to understand. Um, it, it also really 
you know, nothing pumps up a technician more than them knowing they're engaged in the quality of the product, right, that they see every day and, and touch every day. So uh, it's really a good morale booster, um, even in the call centers when we have, you know, the day after our CEO or executive team comes down and sits and, you know, is humble and sitting with the, the call center agents, they, they're smiling, they're high, you know, they're walking on the ceiling the next day knowing that, you know, it's, it, we do stuff that's important enough that the CEO is going to come down and look at it. Um, and then the only other final thing I'll add to that, Nick, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit, um, you know, it's getting and talking with consumers as well. I, I think that's um, critical. And, and I know, you know, we have, you know, some executives that a consumer sends them an email, the first thing they do is kicking their email off, right? We have other executives, the first thing they get an email like that is they're calling the consumer, right? And they're, they're wanting to get engaged and wanting to have the conversation. And I think that's critical too, right? Because that's what keeps all of, you know, all of the lights on for everyone, right? Is our, our consumers and our customers. And, and I think it's critical that um, you get connected and stay connected with those end consumers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly have that listening to the voice of the, of the consumer to understand where those pain points are. And it's always funny when you hear the stories of the executives that jump into the uh, call center and they try to figure out ways to ways, ways that it's uh, that they think that it's going to happen and, and they are unable to uh, do the things that the customer service rep does. And then that, that creates the, the customer service rep feels like they're on cloud nine because they're like, aha, see, I, I made the, the, yeah. the senior leadership, uh, I can't do what I do, but also the appreciation from the senior, senior leadership team, because they're like, man, I, I noticed that they're working out of 11 applications. I noticed that, uh, here's the pain point, what the customer's feeling and how that, um, uh, uh, call center representative has to interact with them. So it's a really cool exercise. Uh, and I, I recommend, uh, most or, or all organizations um, kind of take that time and spend with the or spend with the associate. Yeah, and I think to your point, um, every time we do that, the person leaves with a lot more respect um, for what those agents do every call and every day. So, um, and and the agents feel you know they kind of hold their head up a little higher um, yeah. for that day and the next next couple of days. Yeah. So what does uh, customer experience mean to you? Yeah. So I, I think I mentioned, right, right. For us, it's, you know, it's uh, not just the experience, but for, for Electrolux and what we've been focusing on, it's how do we make it effortless, right? And, and mm -hmm. what are we doing? So um, that's really been our drive and that's, you know, end to end, we focus on that. Um, you know, from the consumer's perspective, we measure that in the call center, we measure it in from the, the service call. Um, but we also look at it uh, from a, a support side, right? So, you know, on my team, we're not only measuring an after service experience or satisfaction or effortless um, score, but we're measuring how we support our customers, right? Not the end consumers, but our customers. So in the tech support line, if a technician calls in after that call, they're asked just three quick questions, right? We just ask them like, was our tech support person knowledgeable? Was it clear to understand? And did we make this easier and help you, right? So just three quick questions, but we start to measure that. So how do technicians feel when they're calling us? 
Um, and then the other side from the servicer support, you know, we have servicers calling in for claims and other things. We do the same thing, just three or four quick questions of, you know, did the person you talked to understand your issue? Were they able to help? Did we make it easy for you, right? Uh, so we measure that not just from the consumer side, but from all of our customers as well. And, and I think making sure that end-to-end -end process um, is effortless is, is critical and one of the things we're really focused on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you can find ways to reduce effort, um, you know, there's, there's direct correlations of, of increasing the other metrics that you're measuring. Yep. And, um, you know, when it comes to effortless experience, I think people have, uh, different definitions, <laughs> but, um, and it's kind of like customer experience, but, right. um, you know, how would you define effortless experience for, uh, you or, or at Electrolux? Yeah, so I think for us, it's it's really how do we make it easier for the customer, right? And what we want to do is be the least disruptive um, and as painless as possible for the customer. So, you know, some of the key things that we look at um, in terms of those metrics and, and connecting, you know, with the consumer, it's it's one, connect with them where they want to, right? So if I want to call, make sure I have a phone number to call. If I want to chat, make sure we have a avenue for you to chat that's easy to get to. Um, if I want to send an email, right, there's an email. Um, we haven't gotten to texting yet, but, you know, there's the text to chat kind of functionality that we're kind of implementing and working through. Mm -hmm. um, so really being able to, you know, go where the consumer wants to go when it comes to the communication um, and, and working through that. Uh, you know, I think the next thing is, as you get to the appointment, um, you know, hold true and arrive when you tell me you're going to arrive, right? We have arrive when promised, right? So up front, we're trying to get an appointment that's based on what the customer needs, not based on what we have. Um, we're not 100% there yet, but because um, capacity is an issue, especially now. But um, we really want to focus on getting a time that's convenient for the consumer and then making sure we get there when we promise that we said we're going to be there. So that's a critical piece to make sure that's effortless. Cause the worst thing is, you know, you take time off, you're waiting at home and no one shows up mm -hmm. or you took all the after the morning and we show up in the afternoon. You're like, Hey, I couldn't take the whole day. I, I, I took my time off. So, you know, that's a critical piece for us. And then the other thing is just, you know, driving the first call complete, right? Um, the other thing that's really bad is, uh, you know, get there and then now I have to take a second day off because I have to order a part, I have to work through it. So um, mm -hmm. those are just three kind of key metrics that help us, you know, define what that is. Um, but I think in general, it's just making it easy, less disruptive, as I said, painless as possible and trying to be as proactive um, as you can and, and thinking about, you know, not only what the customer, you know, needs now, but what they're going to need in the future. Um, I think one of the examples um, that we've done, you know, this year in particular with, you know, COVID-19 is, uh, you know, there's all this focus on health and safety um, with COVID-19. And we started to look and say, hey, as technicians, what can we do um, to help a customer? So we started to really ask the consumer, hey, you know, I'm here for your stove, but looks like you have a frigid refrigerator. 
uh, you know, do you have a backup water filter? Do you need to change your water filter? Because safe, clean water is critical now. Um, and I have it in a truck. I can get your water filter versus you, you know, going on Amazon and maybe buying some, you know, fly-by-night filter that's got paper, you know, shredded in it. Or, you know, going to try to jump around those Home Depot, Walmart to try to find a filter and are you going to get the right one? Uh, and, you know, you're trying to minimize your visits. So um, we really kind of looked at that as, as a piece of being effortless, right? You know, I'm here. I can help you with this or that. Or can I look at some other products? Um, we really started to, to stretch out more than just, you know, run in, repair it and get the heck out, right? So um, trying to be a little bit more proactive, I think, is a piece of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's always, um, you add more value too, because it's not, you're not just trying to complete your task and get the heck out of there. And in, in, in the call center, it's, you know, the average handle time, yeah. it's, you know, how do I solve my problem in, in, uh, or solve the consumer's problem in the least amount of time and, you know, not be courteous, not have empathy, not do all the things that you need to do, but, uh, because I measured on it. But if you yeah. are not measured on something like that, you kind of take a step back and say, hey, let's focus on the customer. And you mentioned the, the time frame as a consumer, um, regardless of what that, if it's a HVAC or anything, and somebody's like, hey, I'm going to come by to service your, your HVAC unit um, between 8 and 7 p.m. And I'm like, okay. And they show up yeah. and they don't have the right part. And the last thing you want to do is, like you said, take that second yeah. day. So doing what you say you're going to do, um, you know, it's, it seems like it's always the golden rule, but um, a lot of companies still are not doing that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, you know, having the communication again that we talked about before to know when things are going right. If we're, if we are running late, when are we letting the consumer know? Is it when we arrive at the door and saying, sorry, we're late yeah. or, you know, do I know my third call that, hey, that second call was really longer than I thought it was going to be. So I'm going to be late. You know, how are we communicating that? Right. We're, we've got, you know, customer, you know, a customer portal where we've got statuses of jobs and we're talking. We do text. Right. So, hey, listen, we're running late. We've got that going. So um, it, it's really, a, you know, because we're not going to be 100 um, percent. That's just reality. But when you're not 100%, what are you doing to be proactive, let that consumer know as soon as possible, and allow them to make the call and say, hey, listen, I, you know, I, can't, I can't push it to the afternoon. Um, we're going to have to reschedule. If, if I'm telling you that at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock versus at 2 o'clock when I show up calling you saying, hey, where are you? You're like, dude, mm -hmm. I have to go back to work, right? Mm -hmm. um, you got, I mean, consumers in general are you know, flexible, they're willing to work with you. Um, if they know when they don't know, that's when we get into really big, big troubles. Yeah. And, and when people don't know, they assume, right. um, and you deteriorate, deteriorate their, their trust in you. Yeah. Um, because they're like, okay, well, you're saying you're going to do it tomorrow, but are you really going to, right. Are you going to yeah. show up on time? But, uh, so let's, let's transition to, um, Leadership buy-in. Um, yeah. When you're trying to get buy-in, um, how important is it to share that customer story? 
Yeah, I, I think, again, I think that's critical, right? Um, and, and I think it's not only, you know, with the leadership, I think it's just other teams that you interact with, right? Because as you mentioned, we're, we're changing processes, we're doing things differently, we may need to change metrics in the call center, or I may need to have the product line engineering and quality be more connected to the consumer and understand that. So um, sharing that and understanding how that all fits in um, is critical. And we've had some really good successes with our quality team um, in building better, stronger, you know, bonds and relationships and collaboration um, with the service team and the quality team um, because we've been more focused. And as we've done that, the company's been more focused on, on the consumer view, right? So yeah, we still measure, you know, our service call rate or incident rate or failure rate, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But you know, even our quality team now is focused on star ratings for products, right? What are consumers telling us about our product? And by the way, the quality and star rating of a product could have nothing to do with the functionality. I mean, that product may be working perfectly, but you know what? The app you sent me to use that, you know, to use with the product doesn't work or it's a connected product and I couldn't get it connected or I don't even know how to use this function and it's not really working what, and it, you know, it, the function works, but the consumer just, it's too complex and we didn't simplify it. Mm -hmm. That's how you can get a one or two star rating, right? It doesn't have to be like <laughs> my oven broke down three times in the last month, one star, right? It could be working perfectly and you could still get one star. So um, going through that journey, uh, right, and we even journey mapped that process in, in a couple of different angles, um, I, I think is critical to share that big picture view um, from everyone from the agents to technicians to quality to leadership um, and, and getting that going, you know, getting that shared and getting that view um, across the board with everyone. And, and I think that also helps us, you know, find gaps as we look at, you know, service to quality in our communication, we found gaps that we're not really getting as many parts back as we should to the quality team to help them address issues, right, quickly. So consumers don't have to sit there and wait while we're trying to figure, you know, what's really wrong with it. Um, so there, there are those gaps that we have um, that are either internal as well as gaps that are external. And, you know, one of the gaps, big external gaps we had was we didn't really have a way to communicate to the consumer about what's going on with their job, mm -hmm. um, except for a technician giving them a call or, you know, technician calling us and some end around to call the consumer. So what normally would happen was we'd see that, you know, for every job we run, we get two, three, four calls from the consumer, right? Where it should just be the one call, the consumer calling to, you know, tell us what's wrong. And, and then we got it and then we communicate. So I, I think I mentioned before, we, you know, pulled together a consumer service portal, kind of like a pizza tracker, right? This stupid mm -hmm. term for it. But, um, you know, we're just like, you know, Domino's, you know what's going on. I know that Sally's putting my pizza in the oven. I know that, you know, Joe's cutting it up and now Sam's got it in the car and he's driving. So we've built that type of communication path um, and texting and all the other things with consumers to keep them up to date. Um, you know, you know, I had to order a part if it's one of those, you know, tough situations, 
but let me tell you when the part's coming. And after that's coming, let me tell you when I'm going to be there. So you don't have to call to say, hey, what's going on with my part? Where is it? You can watch that. Uh, you know, you can watch your, the whole service call kind of evolve um, mm -hmm. on a portal that's specifically for you, right? That link goes specifically to your portal for that job to give you all the information you need. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, you know, as I kind of always go back in every conversation is, is the me as a consumer, I always feel like I'm, I'm not a very technical person. Like I, I love, you know, trying to fix things or build stuff or, uh, you know, but inside the customer service, I, I like to self-serve instead of calling the right. calling. That's just my preference. Yep. Um, and the same is true. If, if I can find a way to fix something without having to call, um, I, I really would prefer that. So how important is it to help the consumer help themselves? Yeah, I, I think it's very important. It also goes back to, you know, what you just described from your experience or what you want, right? To mm -hmm. go back to, you know, helping consumers where they want to, you know, go and be helped, right? And some people um, want to do that, right? The number one place where, or the number one way consumers get information um, and we've, you know, we've asked consumers, this isn't calling us. The first thing they're going to do is they jump on the web and they Google it, right? Or they jump mm -hmm. and they go to YouTube, right? To try to understand it. Um, they don't call because they know I call, I'm going to wait. I'm going to talk to someone. I'm going to pass around, right? There's just this experience that you have. So, um, and, and now it's all, you know, everything's out there. It's all digital. The information's readily accessible. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's critical that, you know, we create, um, videos and content um, for, uh, you know, not only DIY stuff like you were talking about, but even kind of the use and care and mm -hmm. how to use features and, um, you know, why should we wait for a consumer or force a consumer to call us? I have to reset my clock, right? Times change, right? How do I reset my clock on my oven? Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's an easy way, the buttons are right there. Sometimes it's a, a little bit more buried in a menu of, of you know, functions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, why not have a quick video of, hey, here's how you do it. It's this menu, this function, boom, 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 and you're done. And, and I can figure that out in, you know, 15 seconds watching a, you know, 15, 30 second video yep. versus calling, waiting, getting to someone, someone having to look it up and, you know, then go there because, you know, every product's going to be a little bit different. So, um, I, I think that's critical. And, um, you know, we've set up a Frigidaire YouTube channel um, for consumers and it's got a, you know, a bunch of videos, everything from, you know, how to clean your oven, how to set your clock, all that stuff to even recipes, right. For, you know, I want to air fry some, you know, chicken wings or I want to build an upside down cake or something. You can get recipes and, and the step-by-step -step, um, for doing that. Um, but I do think the other thing for us was it's not just, you know, again, I, I go back to, we have consumers, our end consumers, and, and then we have customers, right? And in this space, one of our customers are the independent technicians. So we've also done the same for our technicians where we have, you know, a mobile app now that has all of our technical information. It's basically a knowledge management system. It's got... Mm -hmm you know, videos on special bulletins and, you know, if we have a service bulletin or service flash, um, tech tips, how to do diagnostics. Um, so we now have tools to do the same to help a technician 
who is more mechanically inclined and probably does a lot more repairs in their house, mm-hmm. um, you know, find that information. Same thing, right? Rather than them having to, you know, they don't want to, a lot of times they don't want to call tech support when the consumer's there. So sometimes they'll be like, oh, I have to go to my truck to get something. So I got to walk outside. I've got to call in. I've got to be on hold. Now the consumer is wondering why, you know, it's 10 yeah. or 15 minutes as a walk. Yeah, what do you take this. a break? What's going on here? <laughs> exactly. So now, you know, he can get that and he's on his phone, like right there. And, you know, the consumer just assumes he's looking stuff up and he can get that information or I can be, you know, I'm going into a dishwasher that I never worked on before. How do I put it in diagnostic mode? I can watch a video when I'm outside in the driveway and feel a lot more confident when I walk into the home that I know what I can do to, to figure out how that works. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and it kind of goes back to reducing effort uh, on both sides. So um, really, really cool and really appreciate that. Um, so I wrap up every podcast with two questions. Uh, the first question is, what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? And then the second one is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service professionals, and it's going to hit everybody's desk, uh, and it'll re- reach the hundreds of thousands of customer service professionals, uh, what would it say? Yeah, so um, uh, I, I would plead guilty. I'm not a huge reader, but um, you know, one of the books that um, we're reading right now, uh, kind of as a team, uh, is a book called The Forever Transaction. Uh, and it's really focused on building those long-term consumer relationships and, you know, getting into kind of the subscription models uh, type of service and how do we add, you know, lifetime value to the consumer. Um, and it's been interesting because as, you, you know, we look at that and how that fits for us in the service side uh, and how that translates, you know, we've really started to put a little bit more focus on the extended service agreements, preventative maintenance agreements. How do we get monthly payment plans for those to make them more accessible to consumers, right? You know, especially if you look at, you know, younger consumers now, you know, it's all about uh, how do I get that monthly subscription, right? If I have uh, my mobile phone, right? I have, um, you know, whether it's through Apple or through something, I pay a month and if I, you know, lose my phone, I get a replacement. Right. Mm-hmm. At the end of whatever time, I, you know, even if you have a phone through your carrier, right, you're kind of leasing it and paying as you go. And at the end, it's all paid for and you can trade it in, sell it, do whatever. Right. You're not you're not putting up the seven hundred dollars or eight hundred or a thousand, whatever they are now. Right. For the iPhone, mm-hmm. you're doing that in, you know, twenty dollar, thirty, fifty dollar increments over the next two or three years. You, you can go buy it, but there's also um, these other options. So we're really looking at how we can do that on the service side um, and and really leverage the great relationships our technicians have built and are building every day with our consumers, right? How do we kind of turn that into, um, you know, the technician saying and being confident in saying, hey, if you, you know, do this or subscribe to this plan, you know, whenever you have a problem, I will come here and help you, right? To have that one-to-one um, relationship. So um, it, it's been an interesting concept and an interesting read and, and really fun to think about that um, from the, you know, after sales from the service perspective. Hmm. That's awesome. And then the second one, uh, if you could leave a note to all the customer service professionals, what would it say? 
Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, enjoy your time in customer service, right? I know it can be challenging. Um, you'll deal with difficult situations and difficult customers. Um, but I think it's also very rewarding. Um, and you're one of the few people in your organization that is directly connected and has that direct line to the end consumer or direct to the customer. Um, and that experience and knowledge is extremely valuable um, and helpful uh, as, you know, as you go on throughout your career, right? And, and always being able to point back in any given industry or any given country of company um, and saying, hey, I understand what our consumers and our customers go through and what they expect and what they need. Um, you know, I, I think it, with that experience, it, it opens up a whole bunch of different opportunities within the organization. So uh, I, I think I think it's really, to me, it's just enjoy it and get ready to, you know, leverage and use that knowledge to, to drive change throughout the rest of the organization. That's great, great advice. Um, if you want to connect with uh, Steve, uh, you can connect with him on LinkedIn. Um, Steve Zanos, Steve, S-T-E-V-E, uh, Zanos, Z-A-N-N-O-S. Don't forget the second N there. And uh, Steve, what is the, the, um, the customer's number one customer service uh, group um, on LinkedIn, what is the official title so people can get it, get in and get connected? Yeah, it's just uh, customer service professionals. Uh, if you'd search that in the group or just do uh, you know any search, it'll it'll jump up and uh, and you'll get it. That's great, Steve. Thank you so much for your time. It's it's been uh, great to hear what you guys are up to and and your perspective on uh, customer effort. Yeah, no, great. Thanks for the opportunity. Good talking to you. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.